Hey guys, hope you're all doing well. I thought I'd um, do a podcast update. Um, I suppose quite a lot has happened since last week and so it, it was worth um, sharing a bit of an update. I had to tweet this morning um, about my withdrawal from Djibouti Half Marathon, which um, I think if I had to withdraw last Sunday when I first got to sea level and um you know I did a bit of a threshold run and and felt really really good and it was you know I was running at five minute mile pace and and my heart rate was so low and it felt so easy you know it it felt like that easy that um I actually called Haas on video call while doing it and um you know i was motoring along and and just feeling really good and honestly it, it to put things in perspective i was probably very arrogant very cocky um but i was just really excited really confident about how the fitness felt really happy with the breathing um bear in mind i had flown from flagstaff to dallas which was sea level um and this was basically starting the journey not only to Djibouti half marathon but also back to London um to to get the surgery and and you know follow up with the doctors here about the throat so you know you, you can imagine the you know headspace that I'm in when I'm you know cruising along at not much slower than my marathon pace um and feeling amazing you know I I think I um I think I text Haas um that day and and basically or sorry that night and said my goodness you know like I I I really believe I could run 208 for a marathon next week it also reminded me how sad I was after London when it felt like it was you know an opportunity wasted because my breathing had really struggled that day so you know if I had to pull out a Djibouti half on Sunday it would have been really upsetting. Whereas how things unfolded was I basically got back to the UK and, you know, it's it's kind of lucky I did because it was never in the plan to go to the UK. Um, and then I got a call from the hospital that are, you know, going to look after the surgery. And um, after some questions, they, you know, asked, had I traveled recently? Have you had a sore um any bad breathing you know any like coughing fever essentially asking about covid um and when i you know mentioned travel then they instructed that the hospital rules are essentially that you have to self isolate for 10 days before surgery um and you have to do two covid tests in the 10 days before and you know i've already had one of those and then the next one will be next week um and so essentially I can't travel or, or go to Djibouti half marathon anyway, but having now ran in London, I trained on Tuesday, the breathing wasn't great, but it wasn't too bad. I trained yesterday, I thought my breathing was really bad, and then I trained today and it was far worse than what it was yesterday. So I don't know if that's because of travel or or maybe it's because of the hard training um at the weekend i'm i'm not really sure um but yeah there's just you know it it's really shitty because it's sad that 
you know, a day like Sunday, I can be absolutely motoring along and feeling amazing, really excited about my fitness. Um, and then, you know, the best part of um, what are we on now? Um, a couple of days later, three, four days later. Um, and, you know, I'm I'm like really, really struggling. Um, and, and it's just yeah, it's just getting to the point where, you know, it's frustrating. Um, so, yeah, look, that's something that I have to deal with. And, and it's it's mad that, you know, four days ago, I, I literally, I just wanted to go back to Flagstaff and not even, not bother with the half marathon, not bother with the throat and the breathing because I felt so good. And then now, four days later, I, I'm not kidding. I would have struggled um, to break seven minute mile pace this morning you know well I did like and and that's not even an exaggeration you know I'm I'm really struggling running around the park and um like I'm I can hear my breathing it's like it's such a fast rate it's a real like you know it's it's really not um it's really not ideal and it's it's really not um what I want um but look it's 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 nice that it's something that I'm going to get fixed because here's the, here's the shitty part. Like when you work as hard as I did at altitude and, and you build that fitness training's probably supposed to feel like it did on Sunday night, like amazing. And I'm supposed to be really excited, really happy. And then it's almost so unfair that because of this throat problem and because of the breathing problem for a couple of days, you know, I, I really have to suffer where like, you know, I, I haven't even trained hard. Like, I think I've ran, I'm going to, I've ran once a day this week. I think like five mile on Monday, six mile on Tuesday, eight mile yesterday, seven mile today. You know, I should be fresh. I should be popping around that park, you know, feeling invincible. Instead, you know, I, I even have a sore throat at the moment. Like it's, it's, my breathing's been so bad. And I, like I say, I, it's like there's almost a delayed effect with it um like every injury or or you know tiredness it usually hits you about two or three days later um, and that's the that's the thing we're running you know it's if you overload on a friday you sometimes don't feel the effects of that until monday or tuesday um and so i would just imagine at this point i'm just starting to feel the effects of double session Friday, double session Sunday. Um, and then, yeah, like that little primer that I did on Tuesday. So look, it, it might be a blessing in disguise. When I, when I looked at Djibouti Half Marathon, um, before all this, before self-isolation, be, you know, before anything that, you know, might've sort of gotten away and, and sort of took away my choice to go to the race or not. Um, I had, I had already, sorry, been thinking that it wasn't the right race for me um it was uh i i looked at the fact that the the best athlete in the field mo farah he had to travel 50 minutes i believe from ethiopia to djibouti um you know i i had to travel 90 minutes from flagstaff to dallas or sorry two hours from flagstaff to dallas um nine hours from dallas to london and then eight hours from London to Doha, and then four hours from Doha to Djibouti. So um, I think when you looked at that in itself, which was travel, 
and then the 10 hour time difference you know i'm on a pretty good sleeping schedule so far like being back in london and not being in america anymore but um i have to say like i'm still waking up really tired anyone that has flown quite a bit and, and knows jet lag knows that those first couple of mornings when you're waking up it can feel pretty difficult to get i'm actually sleeping really well which is great um but i'm i'm really struggling to get out of bed it's it's hard work um but look that's where we're at um it's something that um you know i have to deal with and um it, it's something that i'll get over this tiredness in the next few days the throat i'm really not sure what to what to say or what to think you know it, it's it's crazy that i could go do this camera test next tuesday and it could either be like it was on sunday and you know it would feel amazing and no issue whatsoever. Like on Sunday, I was able to run and breathe through my nose for a minute, two minutes, you know, while I was running at five minute mile pace. So I'm running at five minute mile pace. My heart rate's like 150. I'm breathing through my nose. I'm breathing through my mouth. I'm able to switch it up. I'm, I'm, I'm literally, you'd think I was moonwalking. I was showboating. It was great. Um, I couldn't, I probably couldn't go 30 seconds this morning breathing through my nose. And, and I don't know, it's really confused. I don't know if the air's thicker. I don't know if it's like, I, I don't know. I don't know if my throat just closes over more. I, I, I don't know. It's, it's extremely um, shit. You know, I finish a seven mile run. I average seven, 10 per mile and I'm, I'm coughing. I'm sure people are looking at me in the street thinking like, what is this guy doing? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's really not fun. Um, it it just puts me off like running. Like like I know people probably struggle most days. And so I was trying to, you know, find some sort of positivity in it. But like, I just don't get it. I don't really get like why, how one day it can be so good. And then for like the last two days, it's been, you know, so bad. And when you're not when you're not in control of that, that's what's really unfair. And, you know, one thing I thought about before I got in the shower was um, I, I've probably built myself up. You know, days like Sunday have happened in the past where I felt really, really good. And, you know, it seems all my hard work has paid off. And um, it, it especially reminds me of something like Doha. And I don't know that many athletes prepared for Doha the way I did. And, you know, I know Callum Hawkins got like a heater and like humidity machines for his garage and or his shed sorry and, and that was like you know well done like that's awesome mate like I fucking went to Louisiana and trained in like 30 celsius and 100% humidity I went I went there twice I did two camps in Louisiana and then it seems so unfair that on the day of Doha I get bad breathing you know and, and it might just be like Sometimes it might be unlucky. Maybe back then it was a lack of knowledge and not knowing how to, you know, there's probably, it's probably no coincidence why my throat's pretty bad today and why it was bad yesterday. You know, I, I trained pretty hard over the weekend and I didn't think I was racing Djibouti half marathon over the weekend. So I did um, double session Friday, double session Sunday, um, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, and yeah, so there, it's probably no surprise that it's pretty bad now, but I'm, I'm kind of sad looking back at some of these championships, like maybe Berlin. Um, again, I, I look the, I ran the first lap of the Berlin 10k, 
one lap and I couldn't like I could barely breathe. I'm 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 this is no exaggeration. I'm not trying to be dramatic. I I rarely am dramatic or not sorry, I rarely exaggerate. I don't lie. Like I, I like to be as honest as I possibly can. One lap struggle for pretty much the, the whole race after that, like shallow breathing, all this kind of stuff. And and you know, I I get to the end of the race and, and you know, I'm sad and just like Doha, like I, I felt hard done by and I felt confused because, you know, like I had at at the point of Berlin I didn't make much money. I didn't have much money and I invested everything I had in the altitude camp in St. Moritz. It cost me a bomb. Um, I, I, I just thought I did everything right. You know, I did 10 weeks training with the best athletes in the world. Some of the best athletes in the world with Bowerman Track Club was keeping up in sessions, was training really well, was fucking breaking Strava records for tempos around the lake. And um, it just felt like when I got to Berlin, I just couldn't breathe. And I remember telling um, the physio that, you know, maybe in future I have to go to the country for maybe three weeks you know maybe maybe it takes me that long to get used to the air in a country and that's what I thought because I didn't know about the throat I didn't know this was a condition I I thought I had asthma I thought I had allergies and so I assumed that it was my asthma and my allergies and what I was going to have to do in future was go to a country for three weeks to get used to the air there and and even saying that out loud just seems so you know, that that's how analytical I was and that's how willing I was to not let that be the reason that my race is shit. And it's sad because I'm yet to run a good race in the green jersey. And I don't think it's been my fault. Now, you know, the fault might be that 15 years ago I was misdiagnosed with having asthma. And actually I didn't. I had a, you know, a throat issue called exercise induced larynx something ILO um yeah it's it's pretty frustrating and and like I say like it it I I feel annoyed because I feel like had this been diagnosed like 10 to 15 years ago and and we sorted it 10 to 15 years ago like you know god knows what sort of results might have unfolded now everything happens for a reason and and you know it's got me till here and and you know maybe I've learned adversity maybe I've learned how to deal with bad performances maybe you know the fact that my breathing is so bad I've had to work on all the other things you know sleep and nutrition and um, lifestyle and, and going the altitude and doing all these things and you know maybe maybe if my breathing had been really good then I never would have worked on all these other little things because maybe I just wouldn't have had to um but I, I honestly think when, you know, this gets sorted that we're going to see, you know, a, a big jump in consistency and, you know, maybe even perhaps a big jump in performance. Um, And I know that can sound quite, I don't know, strange coming from someone that ran as well as I did last year, but I've also had some absolute blunders in my career. Like Doha was a blunder. That was an awful run. Um, Berlin 10k in the European Championships was another awful run um, and, I, and I just don't think it was my fault um, which is why believe me when I sit at the finish line and, and, and I'm in tears and I'm shocked that I am fucking shocked because I look at my preparation and I, I 
believe myself to be somebody that when I prepare well, it goes well. That's what I that's what I used to genuinely believe. And and when I go to races like Larne and, and even London when my breathing was bad but it still went well, I was able to manage it. Um like I said, I, I always thought the hardest part for me was just getting to the start line. And if I managed that and I managed my psychology throughout the build up and you know, everything stayed on a on a forward trajectory or forward plan and once I got the start line, you know, the race took care of itself because the hard work was in the build-up and um, days like Berlin and days like Doha and um, you know I've had marathons in the past where I'm literally massaging my diaphragm during the marathon and and you know even in London Marathon where I ran 209 you know from mile maybe 10 to 15 I'm I'm having to <sighs> little breath through my nose and then I'm kind of going <sighs> like it was it was fucking shocking it was awful and my arms were oh it was such a awful experience for four or five mile of that race and and I remember thinking I'm not even at a half marathon yet and I'm going to go through half marathon in about 64 65 minutes and three weeks ago I felt like I was jogging at 440 pace which is 61 for a half marathon that day my breathing was amazing, that day I felt powerful, that day I felt strong, I was leading the race, I was pushing and you know here I am in, in London four weeks later, can't catch a breath, struggling, like you know want to drop out basically and you know this is a bit of a boohoo podcast because I'm kind of pissed off about um, even about Djibouti like you know part of the reason I, I was worried about Djibouti and wasn't confident about Djibouti was obviously because of the throat and the breathing um, I, I sort of said to Haas that you know we, we know I've trained really well um, and, and you know we know that I've pushed and we know that I've put in work but I've made a lot of sacrifices in training because of the throat you know, there there wasn't any long tempos, there wasn't any long hard runs, um, and and so the confidence just wasn't where it should be because I had to make changes to the training, and then also, if you think about it, the confidence is never going to be high for pretty fucking obvious reasons. If I can't run seven minute pace around Bushy Park this morning without struggling, and I can't, I I seemingly don't have control over the days where it's good or the days where it's bad I can't really afford to take two weeks really really easy before a race so that my throat's okay you know just to make sure that I don't push it those final two weeks and then make sure that you know maybe that's in that scenario it would be okay but anyone that knows running knows that that's not ideal either because you you still want to train and do tempo or reps pretty close to a race and so could you imagine 30 degrees celsius 85 to 90 percent humidity and you know i have a bad breathing day like i had this morning it would be it would be an awful experience for me a really really poor experience and yet again i'd be i'd be the one during the race and at the finish line trying to you know mentally keep myself in a good state of mind for something that just doesn't doesn't feel like when I say it's not my fault what I'm really saying is the result wouldn't seem fair based on the hard work that would have went into the preparation you know you're looking at seven weeks training at altitude 
um, you know, 90 plus mile a week. I don't think I went to bed later than 9.30 for seven weeks. You know, you're looking at massage and physio twice a week. You're looking at getting back into yoga. You're looking at gym twice a week. You're looking at two to three saunas a week to try to get used to the heat. It wouldn't have been fair. And and that's all I really care about. Like, I, I don't I don't want my results to be better than they deserve to be. I, I'm not asking for everything to be perfect. I just appreciate fair i think fair is what we're all looking for so um look that's that's where it's at i i can't say too much more i i hope today would be a um slightly better breathing day and it, it actually ended up being worse than yesterday um i'm hopeful that you know maybe tomorrow or saturday it'll be better but i'm not going to push again until until i can do an easy run um and you know before Larn. I was running around Bushy Park at 130 to 40 heart rate and you know I was down close to six minute mile pace. Today I was running around Bushy Park 130 to 40 heart rate and I couldn't break seven and I could hear myself like <gasps> you know just breathing at a speed that I really shouldn't be like <laughs> not that I shouldn't breathe but like I shouldn't be out of breath you could say at like 715 and um I I you know I remember quoting on the podcast once that um you know I don't feel like a 210 marathon runner every day and um I gotta tell you I didn't I didn't feel like a 225 marathon runner today I I don't know what I felt like out there it, it certainly wasn't great um but look, that's just the way it goes. And like I say, like maybe if I didn't have to go through this and, you know, this isn't, this isn't, there's nothing new here. All that's new is I'm knowledgeable about it. In the past, I would have put it down to humidity. I would have put it down to allergies. I would have put it down to asthma. I just would have put today down as a bad day. You know, I would have, in 2006, when I first got inducted into Sinai, they gave me a power brief. And, you know, I really struggled with breathing back then. And, and you know, I, I used this power breathing. Um, I think I used it for about a month. And I remember thinking, oh, my God, like, my breathing's way better. Like, this is amazing. Like, I've struggled with my breathing for 15 years now. And, you know, one of the things that might be really cool is that maybe my body's just adapted to being able to, you know, handle less breathing and, you know, maybe maybe my system literally feels like it's breathing through a mask the whole time. And um, for all we know, you know, maybe this operation and, and this surgery and this help I'm going to get from these doctors here in London, like maybe it's going to feel like you're taking the mask off. And, you know, all of a sudden it, it probably explains why, like, I really struggle when I'm running uphill and um, I just can't catch a breath, and especially when I'm running uphill at altitude. Um, like I know everybody struggles running uphill at altitude, but you know, I when I did an uphill tempo at altitude, it was it was embarrassing how pretty much slow I had to run. And um, you know, maybe there's maybe there's something to this. You know, maybe it's not just the altitude, and um, you know, maybe we're really going to figure something out here next week when I do this camera test. And um, you know, I really hope so. So. Look, I hope everybody's doing well. Um, sadly, sorry I don't get to go to Djibouti, and you know you guys don't get to follow that. But like I say, I I don't. I remember pulling out a Dublin marathon one year, and you know Jim, the 
race organizer was pretty upset about that and you know I, I think he actually gave me a bit of a hard time about it at the time and you know I, I I know he was thinking about the race he wasn't really thinking about me the individual and you know I, I sort of just responded and was like look you, you don't want me in my current state of fitness you want he wanted Stephen that showed up and came second that's the athlete you want that's what you're looking for you know the athlete that I am the athlete that I am today is not the athlete that you guys want to see racing around Djibouti. You know, you, you want to see Stephen that race around Larne, was at the front with Mo Farah, was pushing the pace, was, you know, racing aggressively. And, and that's, that to me is the best version of myself. Um, if you get the version of me that was running around the park this morning, struggling to breathe, like I say, at 7.05, 7.10 pace, you know, you're, you'll be as disappointed as I will it'll like not it's not personal you like you'll be probably sad that it worked out that way but nobody wants to see that version of me racing and disappointing myself and, and disappointing you guys um so look I think it's the right call I think things need to you just need to take things easy for this next week and um get this camera testing done and and whatever happens move on at the end of the next week and uh, hopefully what will be a uh, uh, new phase and you know the the breathing stuff and the throat stuff and all that might be able to just put it behind me so um look i hope you guys are all doing well um that's enough about me and enough moaning um this morning but yeah look i hope you guys are doing great um i'm surprisingly fine you know like i'm I, I lose out in, I have to say, like a pretty decent appearance fee at Djibouti Half, which is pretty shitty. And all the money that I invested into the travel, I lose completely. Um, you know, there's there's no refunds for stuff like that. If you don't show up to a race, it's it's not the race organizer's fault. You know, it's it's your own responsibility. So um, that's a bit annoying. And um, it's, a, it's another sort of setback in... A time that I just didn't really want more setbacks but like I say like I I do I do as much as I can to protect my psychology you know I've I've invested thousands and and worked with sports psychiatrists and worked with sports psychologists to to really protect myself mentally um because that's way more important than any of this your your mentality and your own mind and and you know that's like I say that's more important than the results that's more important than um running itself and all the rest of it so I try to do a better job of protecting myself mentally um way 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 better job than I used to do and um I really seen this race as as a you know I I openly spoke to my parents and said you know I I believe I'm putting myself in a position because of the travel, because of the time difference, because of the heat, because of my throat. It really felt like I was putting myself in a position to feel. And and if I feel, and through no fault of my own, and the only fault of mine would be that I signed myself up for something that, you know, maybe I never really stood a chance of, of success. Um, You know, I, I might end up literally having anxiety attack panic attack like not in the sense that everybody else knows but if I'm running and I'm at mile eight and and you know I'm being dropped and my breathing struggling and I'm hot and and you know I start struggling that in itself becomes a bit of a panic for me and I know I would work myself up and 
I know I would mentally probably abuse myself and, and be mean to myself as if like, why the fuck are you here? You're shit. Why are you doing this? Blah, blah, blah. And I just don't fucking need that. None of us need that. So sometimes you do have to protect yourself. Sometimes you have to make tough calls that later you look back and realize, you know what? That was a tough call to make. Imagine being told, um, you know, this weekend you could earn a quarter of your year's salary and all you've got to do is experience a bit of pain and suffering and, and a bit of mental abuse from yourself. And, you know, some people would find that really hard to say no to. Um, and, and believe me, like I do too sometimes, but money's just money and 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 you know it comes and goes and and i think what lasts is it's really really interesting when you start protecting your brain and your own brain and your own psychology and your own self knows in a third person conversation stephen scullion has my back Stephen Scullion looks out for me. Stephen Scullion doesn't put me, he doesn't run headfirst into the fire, not for money, not for other people, not for blah, blah, blah. And I think that's really, really important. And I have to say, I I like when people are willing to do that. You know, it, it, there's a real respect. There's a real, um, just you look up to people like that. And you think, you know what, fair play, because I don't know if I could have done that, but I wish I could. Because the amount of times in the past, I really wish I protected myself from situations where there was probably a high likelihood that it could be a fail. And what I mean by that is, like I said, Mo Farah and Bashir Abdi were flying one hour from Ethiopia to Djibouti. I was flying for nearly 24 hours over three days. I was moving 10 hours time zone. I was really putting myself in a difficult position. Um, and like I say, maybe it was a blessing in disguise um, that, yeah, I couldn't go there and compete. And, and that that might sound soft. That might sound, um, you know, what I, I really don't care. You know, it, it can look soft. It can look whatever it wants. I could have moved to surgery. I could have moved to surgery 10 days and still gone to Djibouti. But I knew that, this is the way it was supposed to be because of all the circumstances, because of everything I knew, you know what? That's the final decision. I were, I was already doubting it. I was already hoping that I would come to the conclusion that I need to back myself and not go. And, and like I say, I've got my psychology in a really good place and it's really forward thinking and, and it's in a really positive mind frame. You guys know what I deal with. You know that when the races don't go well, retirement starts circulating around and that might seem laughable and that might seem all the rest but there's real sadness and there's real confusion confusion sorry when it goes bad and it's essentially when you're when you're all in and, and you invest like I do and the time and the effort and the money and and the days that don't go well and you're you really don't understand why if the race goes bad and you know you haven't trained and you know you've been on the beers and you know you haven't been eating well, that's fine. But when it goes bad because of something like shallow breathing or it's just it's not fucking cool um, and it's very, very upsetting. And when I when I when I talk about retirement, I'm not like it's not a pity party. It's more from a perspective of what what's the point if you can't. If you can't breathe right, okay, it's 
it's not an excuse it's a fact and you know why it's it's like it's like pumping 15 grand into a car that you're being told hey just so you know every now and again you know twice a week you know the car runs out of fuel it just drains out the back you just wouldn't do it it's not pity it's not an excuse you'd just be like fuck that so sometimes when i've sat there and thought you know maybe i need to retire it's it's been more from a perspective of i'm not willing to take the risk that my breathing might be bad even if it's once a week twice a week doesn't matter once a month what if that once a month falls on the day of the olympics all that suffering, all that sacrifice, all that investment, all the money, all the tears, all the drama for that one day to go bad and you had no control over that, that that's where it would come from. And that's I think that's fair. I think that's honest. I think that's now I'm not planning to retire. I'm hoping that this fucking surgery will fix this one issue next week and, you know, we can move on. And there might be other issues and there might be other things we have to deal with. But that's fine. You know, that's what life's about, overcoming things. It wasn't supposed to be easy. Um, but yeah, I, I hope I've covered a range of topics there today. And, and, you know, I hope people are starting to, you know, see where the headspace is at, see um, some of the decisions that are being made. Um, and, and this is just going to be a really easy week because I, I'd love to knock out another 90 mile. I'd love to knock out sessions, but I simply can't. Um, and I, I need the body to come good. All right, guys. Take care. Have a good one. Bye bye.